Well, today is going to be a program of some random thoughts, a few observations, and maybe even a couple of reasonable predictions. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you to the Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. Hard to believe that tomorrow is the last day of January, the first month of the year. And I look at my wife and I wonder, this year is just flying away too quickly. It has been a busy month. We started out the beginning of this year with the first treatment for my bladder cancer on Thursday the 4th. We've done every week since. We are now coming up on number five. And hard to believe that next week should be the last one for a while. Then we go into a very busy season of some travel, and, and it's not vacation, believe me. There are things that have just been put off that need to be done, and some family that I really need to spend a little time with, and some work that I've been putting off. So it's gonna be kind of a working vacation. And just keep us in prayer, try to keep the church glued together. I've got somebody to help me out, but there's still so many things to get done in, in literally less than two weeks. And I'm not sure how I'm going to get it all done, but we're, we're going to do our best. I want to thank you for all of your prayers during this time. I feel them, and, and I really believe that God has got something just incredible in store. I've been talking to some people of late around the country and in other places around the world, and I'm beginning to feel a ministry of sorts coming together. And I'll share more about that on the second part of today's program. There's a lot happening in the background, and I've been trying to just get a handle on it. And I'm realizing that God is still in control. And so I'm thrilled. I am just absolutely thrilled. So I want to just make a few observations. These are kind of stories. You may have heard some of this. Maybe you didn't, but they're kind of just indicative of some of the background noise going on. While I'm sure Fox News, I haven't watched it in ages, and Newsmax, and everybody is talking about last week's primary and then what's coming up in South Carolina on the 24th of February, and everybody's trying to maneuver and make their predictions. I haven't spent a whole lot of time uh, talking about the primaries for a number of reasons. They're hard to predict. These experts have proven they're not as expert as they think they are. In many cases, we heard just numbers all over the road. Then we hear that, well, independents and Democrats can vote in the New Hampshire primary and and, and Haley will then win and on and on it went. And I just chose to ignore it all. I watched the news, watched it play out. And now I'm watching the pundits like um, former New York Times editorial staff, just an uber leftist kind of guy. Name is Frank Bruni. And he made the statement last week that Nikki Haley was just an illusion and it's all shattered. Any hope that we had of her clinching the Republican nomination, in other words, Biden light or something along that line is just over. A lot of hand wringing going on, a lot of people trying to figure it out. And it's it's just like Bruni throwing in the towel, 
made an observation that I think is worth sharing. Now, I'm sure that Bruni and I would never agree politically on much of anything. But here's what he wrote. He wrote, we told ourselves that Robert Mueller's investigation or Trump's first impeachment or his second impeachment would stop him. We told ourselves that the methodical work of the Congressional Committee investigating the January 6th storming of the U.S. Capitol would seal his political doom. Now, more and more, I'm beginning to see that farce unraveling before our very eyes, withheld evidence, pipe bombs that nobody seemed concerned about sitting under a park bench outside the DNC with Kamala Harris inside and and the Secret Service and all the plain clothesmen and people assigned to the detail that saw the bomb, letting school children just casually walk by on the sidewalk just a mere 10 feet away. Makes you wonder, what did they know? And how much more has the FBI lied to you and I? So forget, January 6th, I'm going to come out and say it. This is an observation. Ultimately, in time, January 6th was a manufactured crisis, manufactured by those that did not want any questions raised of any kind about the 2020 election. And the timing of all the events, the forbidding of using the National Guard to protect this solemn event, to make sure there were no terrible protesters interrupting, all denied. The mayor of D.C. didn't want it. Nancy Pelosi, no way I want any help. They knew what they were doing, and I really believe in my heart that they knew something was going to be done. They they may have what I call cult, you know, culpable deniability. They don't, they don't know all the details, but they were told not to worry. The deep state's got it all taken care of. You you just do your thing and we'll do ours and everything will be great. And so now the United States is a third world banana republic. No, I shouldn't insult third world banana republics. They have more integrity than this country does today. I'd rather put my fate in the hands of Idi Amin than what's going on in D.C., I believe that Christopher Wray knew what would happen. I think he's a liar. I think the deep state, I think the CIA, the 51 idiots that signed a document saying the Hunter Biden laptop is disinformation from Russia when they knew full well it was the real deal. They lied to you and they did not care because they are owned by the deep state. They are owned by the globalists. They are owned by those that want you to eat bugs and drive around in battery cars and serve their every need. So January 6th, political prisoners, banana republic kind of stuff, and a bunch of treasonous treasonous people at the FBI. I, you know, they, they want a new building for the FBI. I think the new building for the FBI's top management should be the D.C. jail, where the political prisoners are being held. That's where they need to be put. And then we need to tear down the J. Edgar Hoover building, make it Make it a public park or a homeless shelter for all I care. And forget building some big, beautiful, monstrous thing in Maryland or Virginia. Forget it. 
if we need to keep something of that nature, spread it out around the country. Get it out of D.C. Get it out of the hands of corruption. Get it out of the hands of the politicians. If we really need something like that, let us break it apart in bite-sized pieces that can never be weaponized or politicized again. And let's be honest. The FBI has a sordid and miserable and disgusting history. It was run by a guy that was a just a dress-wearing transvestite that kept a dossier on everybody in D.C. to keep power and control. And the FBI today under Christopher Wray is no better than the corrupt FBI way back when under J. Edgar Hoover. It's all an illusion. Now, getting back to what what our friend at the New York Times said, Bruni, he said we, we he was talking about you know we would seal the fate with January six. We told ourselves he couldn't survive four indictments, ninety one felony counts. We told ourselves that his outbursts were finally growing too vicious, his temper too volcanic, his lies. Well, no, I'm going to change that. His truth too outrageous and ornate. They're the ones believing the lies. They're the ones that really believe the lies. They are delusional. And truth is always the enemy of a lie. So Nikki Haley flourished in the context of those calming tales. She was a vessel for our hopes. As a result, we upgraded her debate performance from eh, mediocre to dazzling. We sometimes put as much emphasis on her rise in the polls as how fatally far behind Trump she remained. The difficulty of accepting Trump's continued hold on Republican voters became readiness to accept that voters really hankered for the likes of hers, which was not true. And on and on it went in that article, just bemoaning and hand-wringing. Governor DeSantis from Florida went in all, just put every egg in his basket into Iowa, hoping for an upset victory. When he came in miserably, he exited and supported Donald Trump. Nikki Haley put all her bets on on the Granite State of New Hampshire. And even with the help of independents and Democrats crossing lines, she still lost. Had that been a purely Republican-only primary, I think it would have been something even worse or about the same as what she will get if she has stayed in the race until the 24th of February. Going down in flames, something like 68 to 30-something. It's going to be pretty bad in South Carolina, Nikki's home state. If she loses there, is she hoping that magically one of these cases is going to win and keep Trump out? If she is, she's delusional. You know, they're looking over the data that had the Democrats and independents, the undeclared, not been able to vote in a Republican primary. Trump would have gotten over 70%. 70%. And that would tell the tell the story right there. And then you got, you know, Joe Biden. We talked about this before. 
the comparisons to Lyndon Johnson and Joe Biden have similarities but a few differences. In 1968, Lyndon Johnson had a 33% approval rating. In 2024, Joe Biden has roughly a 33% approval rating. In 1968, there was turmoil in the land and also the Vietnam War. In 2024, we have inflation, insecurity, and people concerned about how life can continue when you're $33 trillion in debt. At least some people worry about it. Some people pretend it means nothing. But here's where the differences come into play. On the Republican side, you really didn't have a whole lot of fire building up. You had Richard Nixon and a handful of others, so it was not the top of mind what the Republicans were doing. On the Democrat side, you had the likes of Eugene McCarthy, you had Vice President Hubert Humphrey, and you had Robert F. Kennedy, the brother of John F. Kennedy, running for president. In other words, you had a number of well-popular Democrats running up against a very unpopular Democrat. The Republican side had not really gained a whole lot of interest yet. In this particular situation, on the Democrat side, you have Joe Biden, but you only had Dean Phillips and Marlene Williamson and a couple of other weirdos running on the Democrat side. Lyndon Johnson... At the last minute, they tried to do a write-in campaign because just like Biden, both were not on the ballot in New Hampshire. And because of the popularity of Robert F. Kennedy and Hubert Humphrey and, and Eugene McCarthy, they were not able to get a really good write-in campaign going, so it did not look good. The difference this time around and you look at the number of actual voters, it really wasn't that great. But they were able to rally enough people out to, you know, put in votes for you know, Robert L. Peters. That's a name he's used in, in fake emails. Robert Ware or Robin Ware or Mr. Potato Head, any of those. They all counted for Biden. And so he got 72% of the small number of votes that were cast for Democrats. And about, you know, 26, 27, maybe about under 30% went to the others. But then again, there was nobody exciting in the race. And there was a massive, very expensive effort made to salvage the reputation of Joe Biden. Can you imagine? And I think the Democrats saw this weeks ago in their polling. They knew Trump was going to win. They knew Trump was going to win Iowa. And now he would win in New Hampshire. Can you imagine if Biden lost to the likes of a Dean Phillips in this primary. And the only person standing with any credibility is Donald Trump. So, no, they had to do something to protect that kind of a loss. Also, as I mentioned, the prosecution stuff that Brune and I mentioned in his, you know, trying to assess how, how this could all go wrong. 
And they can't understand that they keep throwing indictment after indictment, accusation after accusation. They pull in some crazy lady from 40 years ago trying to get a case in the court. The lady is certifiably insane and should be put in a room room with rubber walls. But no, she's getting a day in court with a judge that is helping her that even if Trump loses that case, it'll it'll be tossed on appeal if anybody has a better than room temperature IQ. The case is just garbage, and so many of the cases are. I mentioned to my wife last week, when you look at the people prosecuting the cases against Donald Trump, the major felony indictments, all these horrible cases... I said it last week, and I'll say it again. They're scraping the bottom of the legal barrel of the trash and garbage that really couldn't make it in a tiny law firm in some small town in the middle of nowhere. These guys are not even qualified to be an ambulance chaser. Talking about, did you get whiplash? I mean, these are the kind of people that would be running around hospital corridors and emergency rooms looking for victims to sue on their behalf. But no, somehow they played whatever card they had and got a political job or they ended up being, you know, a mercy hire. I mean, let's look. Let's look at the three of them. You know, the clown class. The legal buffoons. You got a guy in Jack Smith whose reputation as a prosecutor for the Department of Justice, he was never good enough to work for a private law firm. He was just not good enough. This is not like an interim step to gain credibility because as a prosecutor, he was one of the worst. Had a terrible win-loss record and a really bad record on appeal and even got tossed by the Supreme Court 9-0. In other words, he was a flunky. And it's so hard to fire a federal employee, so what they did, ship him off to The Hague where we don't care. And he got to run around and, you know, be at The Hague for a while and and, and wear his, you know, purple robe and look really official. And nobody cared. He was, you know, out of sight, out of mind, out of D.C., out of my hair. He's somebody else's problem. And when they were scraping the bottom of the barrel looking for something that would be willing to prosecute this, knowing that their entire careers could vanish in a vapor, they pulled up this clown. And so so they, they get him to do all this dirty work, figuring he's expendable. Who cares? He's already been a loser. We need a loser to do this losing battle, and all we're hoping to do is keep all of this stuff juggling in the air, like, you know, a juggler holding things in the air until the November election in 2024. The cases, I am now 100% convinced by the evidence you can see, anybody that is just reasonable, were coordinated by the White House. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. They, they lied when they said, we have nothing to do with this. The coordination between the Justice Department, you know, Grandma Garland, the reprobate, the disgusting individual that has turned justice into a joke in America, who should be disbarred and forever forbidden to practice law 
in the United States because of what he is doing and defending and the lies that he is telling, along with Mayorkas, who will not defend the border. They get creepy people like Jack Smith to keep throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks. And they make total buffoons of themselves. But they don't care. It's not about winning the case. Oh, yeah, I'm sure in a D.C. court you could win a case against Trump. You can make something up that he was killing space aliens. You could win that case in a D.C. court, but you never could sustain it on appeal. Everything was timed. All these cases, like Fannie Willis in Fulton County, going to start every, you know, all these cases timed around the primaries. Got to keep Trump busy. We can't have him out there campaigning and doing anything on Super Tuesday. He's got to be in court the day before. So much for your Super Tuesday campaigning. It's all a joke. It's all an illusion. It is all warfare using the law illegally, in my opinion. And everybody involved should be disbarred for what they are doing. This is not justice. They had their time to do this stuff. Everything was timed by this disgusting, this vomitous administration in the White House, the freak show that is the Biden administration. The more deviant you are, the more perverted you are, the more sexually deprived you are, the higher you go in that administration. And the more babies you want to see dead on abortion, hey, then you're the hero. And Biden claims to be a practicing Catholic. He should be excommunicated, not lauded or applauded, along with Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the pro-abortion group. If the church is teaching abortion is murder, then you are committing, you are an accessory to murder when you push this. And if you're not excommunicated, then the, the Catholic Church has got some serious issues they need to deal with, really serious issues. So you get an idiot like Jack Smith. And if he was standing in this room, I would call him an idiot to his face because he is. And I would point out why. You're just being a political tool being used and you don't even care. All you see is the glory and I'm doing the job of my party. Oh, it's not political, he says. Yeah, really? Then you've got Fonnie Willis. Another bozo, another clown, another fool, another political hack. And I'm looking at a couple of stories about her that you may have missed. Did you know that Fannie Willis hired a firm to monitor her media coverage just before announcing the Trump probe? Oh, yeah, this is... Oh, what do you mean? It has nothing to do with politics. Baloney. Her office paid ten grand on a service to monitor her media coverage just before announcing the probe into former President Trump. She's spending taxpayer money to see how well she is performing, playing her part. She announced in a letter to four state officials, which, by the way, included, you know, Governor Rhino Kemp, you know, back in February 2021, that she had opened a criminal probe into Trump over his alleged influence to influence the outcome of the presidential election. And just days before, she had contacted a company called Critical Mention, a New York-based firm 
that was going to, they, they use it for metrics for your publicity schemes. 10 grand, just to see how things are going. And according to some of the correspondents, they're getting more coverage via your name than by title. So what appears to be a Fulton County employee uh, referring to Willis, the graph has the coverage value of last week at over $150 million if you were buying publicity. Yeah, political stunt by a politician. Who'd have thunk it? By the way, I predict there's some stuff happening in the background regarding voting machines and a lot of other weirdness. Kemp will throw Ratburger under the bus before it's over. Mark my words, that's a logical prediction. It's not a prophecy. It just makes sense. I mean, Governor Kemp is just a cad. He's a, he's a liar. Um, he's a phony. He's a fake. He's a fraud. And he played to a, you know, what I call the Roswell pro-abortion Republicans and then the, the country folk out there in the fields of Georgia and, and just try to be all things to all people when he's nothing but to himself and his friends in China. By the way, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis was previously removed from another case involving the 2020 election results in Georgia. Maybe he didn't know this. Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney prohibited Willis from building a case against then-Georgia State Senator Burt Jones while he was running for lieutenant governor at the time. Willis hosted a fundraiser for Democratic candidate Charlie Bailey in his runoff race. McBurney ruled that Willis's involvement in a fundraiser was destroying the investigation into Jones, who allegedly was involved with other state Republicans to flip the 2020 election using an alternate slate of electors, which if you look at the Georgia Constitution, preparing an alternate slate in case of a ruling is not illegal. But, you know, Fonnie Willis is an idiot, so what would she know? She's a moron. I don't know, how did she get through law school? Did somebody sit the bar for her? I'm beginning to wonder. She keeps making amateur mistakes that a first-year law student would never do. And McBurney said Willis's donation to a Democrat campaign was not disqualifying in and of itself, but the weight of the conflict created by the extensive direct public job-related campaign was a, was a real issue. So this is not her first political go-round. She's a political hound dog, and she knows it. A CNN political analyst is coming out to say, I mean, this is not, this is last week, but just kind of tie it together. Says the lawyer hired by Fannie Willis is doing something that raises some questions. Uh, This is regarding Nathan Wade, and it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Uh, It looks like misusing county funds. You know, every time I see Nathan Wade on, on a TV screen from all the hearings about Trump, he always has a brand new $1,000 suit. He spends more money on suits in a year than, than my wife and I live on. Yeah, all that Fulton County funny money so he could take his new boss to Aruba and the wine country of California, Florida, all of it. And there may be some other places they went to. We're going to 
we'll, we'll figure it out soon enough. Bank statements show that, you know, the flight tickets for personal vacations. And we know that Wade's firm, really him, because he did the work, paid $654,000 since 2022. That means for part of 2022 and all of 23, it's about $325,000 a year from one client. And Wade is billing nine times more than other councils hired, the actual experts on RICO, nine times more. In other words, the other real council is getting nickel and dime stuff at a less at a lower hourly rate. By the way, Fannie Willis lied in church when she told the congregation, I pay them all the same. No, she didn't. She paid Wade way higher and plus many more hours. I, I wonder if Wade was paid to be on vacation. Is he just a gigolo, as I've mentioned before? And any and this CNN analyst, who's an attorney, said Wade, his primary area of practice was being an ambulance chaser, you know, personal injury law. He had zero experience in RICO and any of the stuff that Fawny Willis invented to go after Trump. He's not qualified to handle the a racketeering case. So obviously. And by the way, Fulton County uh, Commissioner is requesting that Willis disclose information about her misuse of county funds. On and on it's going to go. I think she was narcissistic enough to believe that she had enough power in her authority as the DA and nobody's going to come after me. I'll come after them. And the whole house of cards is, is collapsing. Why? because of her stupid attorney that she hired not disclosing all the money he was making in his divorce case. It's going to get worse before it gets better. And so all the dreams the the Democrats had of keeping Trump tied up in court, I'm going to make another prediction. Nothing major is going to happen in this case until after the election now, they shot themselves in their own feet willingly, made a mockery of their case. And Brian Kemp is going to not look too good in this either because it's going to come out that he could have done something sooner, but he didn't. But then again, this is his last term. He's too busy getting ready to make the big bucks out of China. So why should he care about Fawny Willis? Why should he care about Dominion voting machines? He's he's a short-timer in his mind. Two years to go. I'm done with this mess. Less than two years. I could be out of here. I think he should be out of there today. And so should Rasenberger. Because they have been, they're still claiming the lie that their machines are unhackable. And I shared my thoughts on that the other day. Sure. I mean, I know Dominion's excuse as well. The people that can hack it in five seconds had several months to look at them. But what they're not saying is who from inside your corporation could have quietly handed out that information for money to somebody that wanted it, they could exploit it. I'm not saying it happened, but there's nothing that said that it can't. I've got a couple of other predictions that I want to make. A 
couple of other stories to share. And then I'm going to talk about some of the programs upcoming in the future, very, very near future, that I think you're going to find interesting and I think very informative. I still believe firmly in shortwave radio. And, and it really broke my heart when there was such a technical disaster at WTWW just when it was beginning to get traction. Now, whether anything can be salvaged on that frequency of 5085 anytime soon, maybe a different transmitter, different time of the day, I don't know. We're Let them see what they have to work with. There's an engineer coming there, I think, this week or next that will be able to assess for them what might be doable. And as soon as I know anything, and I'll let you know, it's hard to believe that two weeks from today, my wife and I will be arriving in Florida. Where's the time gone? Two weeks from today. I mean, really, (laughs) this is getting scary. And treatments behind me an ordination done in South Carolina then a long drive and and then radio shows to produce down there which is exciting and, and I'm going to be spending a little time at WRMI and and working with them there are some things that I can help them with technically and hopefully maybe I can find additional airtime WRMI is probably it's been the station we've been with since day 1 and, and I want to be with them as long as the Lord keeps this program running. And I want to keep them running, too. I, I've tried to explain to people. I know I'm running a little over here. I'll tell you what. I'll finish up that thought about shortwave and a couple of other things on the other side of this break. you got to hear this. If you believe in our ministry, would you consider maybe for the first time as we go into February giving us your support? A lot of people use Give, Send, Go. That's Give, Send, Go. And you can access them by going to our website, Truth, the numeral or number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder.com. There you can find out where to listen, how to listen, the times of the day to listen. And I think there's been some changes or will be some changes coming again soon. And also, you'll see a tab for support, and that'll take you to Give, Send, Go, and how to use it, an online Christian corporation for online processing. It is not a secular company like PayPal or something else. So I've been very happy with what they have done for us at Give, Send, Go. The other way, which many of you use, is make a check or money order payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. Post Office Box 510, Post Office Box 510, Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319, that's Post Office Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319. I'll quickly give that address again right after we take this break. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Bierman. Warming up the frozen well. Coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Gond, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're really going to love. In Proverbs 5, 11, it says, Drink waters from your own cistern. 
Well, that speaks first to men. Husbands, don't look at other women. Don't allow yourself to look past the blessing God gave you. Drink waters from your own cistern. In other words, be blessed. Rejoice in your wife. Be filled up with her love. Be blessed with the blessings God has given you. But it doesn't just apply to that. You can take it larger in a larger sense. It's all sorts of ways. Don't let your heart be longing for what you don't have. But drink waters from your own cistern. Be filled up with the blessings God has given you. Rejoice in them. Give thanks for them. Receive from them. Be filled with them. But there's something even more here hidden in the Hebrew. The Hebrew word for the water here, fresh water here, is nazal, which means gushing, or it can mean melting water. That opens up a whole other realm. See, in other words, your well might be frozen. Your marriage might be frozen. Your relationship might be frozen, iced up, cold. It's not that there isn't waters of blessing and potential love. It's there, but it's frozen up. So you might have to warm it up a bit. It may take time to warm it up and keep warming up with God's love and give his love and keep loving until it melts the ice of that of your spouse's heart or whatever it's needed. And in other areas of your life, your well, your life may be filled with so much potential blessing, but it's frozen because you're not giving thanks for it because you haven't been, you haven't been paying attention to it. Warm it up. Give thanks for your blessings. Warm up your frozen prayer life and it'll bless you. Warm up your frozen ministry life. It'll flow. Warm up your frozen time in the Lord, your, your, your family time, your time with God, and it will flow. Drink waters from your own cistern. They may be frozen. So warm them up. Want more? Ask for Waters from Your Own Cistern on CD. Now imagine being plugged into a special line let you know future events, news behind the news, biblical prophecy, updates on Israel, what you need to know as an end-time believer. Well, listen, you can. And also get The Mystery of the Temple Doors. Amazing. It's awesome on CD and it's our gift to you free. How do you get it? Just write down Jesus' real name, Yeshua, and you call it. So to get your free gifts, just call 1-800-YESHUA-1, the number one. You will be blessed, but call now, one 800 Yeshua, Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now, I invite you to join me to reach the unreached peoples of the world in the most incredible way from Moscow to Madagascar, even to Jerusalem. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Yeshua, Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111 in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's Box 1111. It's Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey. It's 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying... Warm up that well, my friend. Drink waters from the wells of salvation. Yeshua, peace be to you in Messiah, Roehatov, the Good Shepherd. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you back to part two of our Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I promised I would give you the mailing address because I know sometimes people keep forgetting to get a pen or a pencil, and maybe during this break you finally had your chance, so I'm just going to take a moment. Once again, the website is Truth, and then the number two or numeral two ponder, truth2ponder.com, truth2ponder.com. And there you can find how to support us online, where to hear the program, and other information about the show. Now, to support the program by U.S. mail, make any check or money order payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box 510. That's Post Office Box 510. The city is Chilhowie, C H I L. H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia, 
zip code 24319. Once again, Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, and the zip code in Chilhowee is 24319. That's 24319. Somebody asked, where is Chilhowee, Virginia? It is in pretty much the southwest corner of the state. We're about as far away from Washington, D.C. in Virginia as you can get. We're only about a half hour from Bristol, near the Tennessee line, not far from the North Carolina line, not far from the West Virginia line. So we are way down there in the extreme corner of the state. A small town, and we kind of enjoy the small town living. And so now you know where Chilhowee, Virginia is. Now, I want to talk about a few things as we get into this segment. I'll be talking in a couple of minutes about my thoughts going forward and things that I really believe all of us need to be doing. Certain things at a minimum, maybe if you're in a position to do a little bit more in being prepared for, I think, the world in which we're going to face. The other day, I had a conversation with a friend of mine, and and I'm thinking about, he had, he had mentioned to me, remember getting ready for Y2K, and I'm going, oh yeah, I remember it well. Where I worked at before I had moved to Florida to pastor a church, we had a lot of computers that were still working in DOS. Now, don't laugh. I mean, this was for specific automation systems for radio broadcasting. They were extremely stable. They worked great, but they were working on basically 386 and 486 based chassis, some early Pentium, and all were running DOS, D-O-S, good old disk operating system. In this case, I think we were at DOS 6 point something or other. I don't think it was 6.22 yet, but it doesn't matter. And everybody was in panic mode. Oh, my Lord, what's going to happen in a couple of years from now when the clock strikes midnight on December 31st, 1999? And everybody has in the back of their mind that song by Prince, we're going to party like it's 1999, and we're all envisioning planes falling out of the skies, the electricity turning off, the bank accounts going off, everything just going dead. And so one of my jobs was to check out the computers that we had at the radio station. This was actually for Toccoa Falls College. And everybody and their kid brother is selling some kind of a little software, little little floppy disk you put into your computer to check to see if you'll be okay. And then if it is, you put the little sticker, Y2K compliant on it. And I looked at the price of the software And I know that there was a couple of copies around. And so what I did, we had a couple of backup units that were just, you know, in case of a failure, we could fire one of these computers up and put the audio files in, and then we're back running again with the the system. And so one Friday, I'm thinking about this. As I mentioned in my correspondence with my friend, and so I just set set the clock on Friday afternoon, to December 30th, 1999. Just, you know, just change the the calendar date. 
And then I thought I'd come in Monday to see what kind of a disaster I had. Well, I got there and everything was fine. The automation system's pretending it's working. It thinks that it's a different date. It thinks that it's the year 2000. It didn't crash and burn. And the more I checked our stuff, the more I realized, man, somebody's making a lot of money out of this deal. Now, I know that there was hardware built in the 70s, and I know there are certain things out there that needed to be long ago upgraded, but I couldn't find anything in our critical infrastructure that was going to be an issue. Gas pumps, they were still working on the first. Airplanes didn't fall out of the sky. And and I'm sure there were some things that needed to be taken care of. But who was the, you know, I've used this term before, the Latin term, qui bono, who benefits? And I'm thinking, and I mentioned, there are people that wrote a lot of books. There were a tremendous number of books written about what to do about Y2K. There was a guy that built his entire his entire radio program and following on a book that got released in October of 1998 called Judgment Day 2000, where it said how the coming worldwide computer crash will radically change your life. And this entire book predicted the entire global economic meltdown and how the world would change and how the coming computer crash will just change your life. Buy my book and know how to survive. I got news for you. People survive without the book. Judgment Day 2000. Look it up. There were others that were building their entire radio program. I can remember a program called For the People. It was on the People's Radio Network or something, and it was available to, you know, smaller radio stations tended to carry it. They were based out of a little town in Florida. A guy named Chuck Harder, he's since passed away. I think he meant well. But he was there pushing Y2K, uh, food preparation stuff to stockpile food for the next five or ten years because every the electricity is going to go off. When, when 2000 hits, the power plants will shut down. Airplanes will fall out of the sky. So have my prepper food. Buy my generator. Buy my flashlights. This is back in 1997-98, the height, about the year 2000, Y2K. Today, there are a lot of so-called ministries and organizations busy trying to sell you all the apocalypse chow you can chow down, ready for the next 25 years of nothingness. And they want to sell you gold and silver, too. So not only do they want to sell you prepper food, they're they're pushing gold and silver, which maybe I'm, I'm playing, just hear me out here for a second. If gold and silver are going to be worth so much money, why do all these businesses and ministries, and I saw one this morning, two, actually I've seen two today alone, One is some other prophecy organization that used to do a TV show about prophecy, and their guy has since passed away, but they're still there. And they're busy talking about the coming economic collapse. Be sure to have plenty of silver and gold. And by the way, we have a company we trust, so you can use our company. 
And I've seen other ministries doing the same thing. They're all selling silver and gold. If it's so valuable, why would these ministries want your fiat funny money currency to sell you the the silver and gold? I don't get it. Maybe I'm missing something here. I know that silver and gold will hold their value. I get it. I really do. I can see that from when gold was $35 an ounce back when I got married. And now it's worth a lot more than 35 bucks an ounce. I get it. Inflation, though, is what really is eating it up. And gold just kind of tells you where the inflation index is at over time. That's all. So why would somebody want to sell it if it's so valuable? And so a lot of ministries are busy... And I can think of, I, I see, I can think of one, two, four or five that I, I can remember that are busy selling, you know, these buckets of 25-year shelf-life food, little solar generators. Some some do it from a religious standpoint, like, you know, we're faith-based, so buy from us, or we are patriots, buy from us, or, and you know how it goes. And, and while I have nothing against being prepared, and I have nothing against having some kind of generator backup. If you think you're going to survive the apocalypse with your solar generator and your food, you're crazy. People are going to notice you have lights on and you're not starving to death. (laughs) They're going to come for your food. Well, I bought ammo too. Well, they, they might have ammo as well and more of them to try to overwhelm. I'm just telling you that there needs to be a balance between being prepared and being crazy. And there is a balance. There really is. I worked in emergency management long enough to know that you need to have certain supplies and prescription drugs and things if you need them for so many days as a starting point and then a backup point and a point beyond that. When you get beyond a certain point that everybody's going to want your stuff anyway. So, there, there comes a point of where where are, you, where are you going crazy? You're going to hide in the woods with your solar generator and hundreds of pounds of prepackaged food in a tent? I guess some people think they are. Now, I said all that just to remind you that I want to talk about being prepared in upcoming programs. But before I get to that, I want to explain where the culture is. And, and this little clip, I mentioned this the other day. And this comes from a, a student in Wisconsin, Medical College of Wisconsin. This is a student. And in 32 seconds, everything you want to know what is wrong with this country and why God's judgment will come can be heard in 32 seconds. Two seconds. I think abortion should be unrestrictive. And I think when somebody finds out in pregnancy, when or how far along that they are when someone finds out, they should be able to get an abortion if they want to. And for some people, that is full term. If I can't get abortion training here, if I can't perform abortions in my career, I will not stay in Wisconsin. And a lot of my colleagues who are on the same track agree. All right, thank you. That'll do nothing to help our shortages. Now, I want you to analyze that for a couple of moments with me. I'm looking at 
this picture of this young lady studying medicine and her biggest complaint talking before the legislature in Wisconsin is if I can't kill a baby as it's being born, I want to leave the state. If you don't let me kill, kill, I want to kill. Where does this demonic theology come from? It comes from our high schools, our elementary schools, our middle schools, and definitely our colleges and universities. The hordes of hell have taken over education. These students... Today, they confuse students about their sexuality. It's all about sex. It's all about what's in it for me. It's all about my iPhone. It's all about my iThingies and everything else. And my right to choose reproductive rights. I can kill anything that I want when I want to kill it because I can kill it. Even if it's viable and ready to breathe. Would she say that maybe a month later I should still be able to kill that baby if I don't want it? I'll bet you she would. That may have not been something you heard people say 20, 25 years ago. But that has come out of the mouths of politicians like disgusting, just evil people like Governor Newsom, who thinks we should be able to put the baby aside and after they're born and decide whether to kill it or not. This is infanticide. This is recycled paganism. I cannot say that term enough. It's got to get through your head. We are facing recycled paganism at an unprecedented rate in the United States and all of the Western world, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, Europe, all of it. This is demonic paganism. You are worshiping demons. You are doing a demon's work when you say, If I can't kill a baby right up to birth, then I have to leave the state. You're hurting my feelings. I need to kill. What kind of demon possesses a beautiful young woman to believe she must have the right to kill a baby in the womb? And then I've watched video of some of these abortion doctors. Their their hearts are stone. Their soul is dead. Their eyes, they're evil. You can see the evil in their eyes. They're just empty, demonically filled. And they have no compunction about killing and throwing babies away like trash. The reason I'm telling you all this, right now in the United States, we are coming to a crossroad. 2024, to me, is a make-it-or-break-it year, not because of just the election. There's a lot more at stake than a presidential election. House of Representatives, Senate seats here in the United States. But there are too many people that are buying into this. You realize that the Democrats believe the winning combination for them is more abortion, no restriction, right up until birth and even after. This is what they believe the American people want, and because the American people have abandoned God and literally spit in his face and gave him the finger, curse him, mock him. Yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church, you know. I mean, I, I, I you know, Walmart, I go to Walmart or I go fishing. You know, I only have that one day off. I'm, you know, listen. 
You're deceiving yourself. You're not a part of the body of Christ if you hadn't figured it out. We are literally in a fight. I've said it before a thousand times on this program. Evil has been taking step by step ahead. It's five, six, seven steps ahead right now. And either evil continues to be unrestricted, like this young girl wants for abortion, either evil flourishes and the demons rejoice, or maybe, just maybe, we get some of those steps back and curtail evil. Look, I know from a biblical perspective, we have a day with destiny and the return of Jesus Christ. That I understand. But history is full of story after story where evil flourished for a season and then it was forced to retreat, maybe not all the way, but some of the way. Why do you think I'm concerned in my ministry with educating young people to get these young people, children, elementary school, middle school, high school, out of the clutches of the state indoctrination centers many of which in many states are nothing but intellectual sewers and they're teaching they're teaching the theology of satan and it's nothing but paganism we can change your gender your sexuality is fluid and yes you can kill babies in the womb moloch worship ishtar worship diana worship worship the earth not the creator That's why we'll be talking starting maybe tomorrow or Thursday about ways to be more prepared for the world in which I believe we are coming into. This year, we either reclaim some ground or it's going to decay even faster. And while we have the opportunity to share the message, to get more people to understand what is at stake, to use shortwave radio while it's there, to use the internet. Real quick, I noticed that even suddenly Google's allowing you to research vaccine injury and death. They used to hide it, which makes me suspicious. I guess they'll blame vaccine deaths on Trump by the time we get to November. That's one of my little predictions. We have an opportunity. We need to take it. Will you support this ministry today? For the month of February, go to our website, Truth, the numeral two, the number two, ponder.com. Truth2ponder.com. Or make a check or money order payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. Post Office Box 510. That's Post Office Box 510. Chilhowie, C H I L H O W I E. Chilhowie, Virginia. Zip code 24319. Once again, Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box 510. Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowie, 24319. That's 24319. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.